Welcome to the podcast. I'm Darren Duplant, a special edition of the podcast. Yes. Breaking news in Saskatchewan as Chris Jones is leaving the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and he's off to the NFL. Chris Jones, the vice president, general manager, head coach and defensive coordinator with the Riders has joined the Cleveland Browns as a senior defensive specialist. And it's shocked the nation. We'll break it all down over the next hour. We'll be joined by Rob Vanstone from the Regina Leader Post to get his reaction and reaction from the 306. We'll talk to Justin Dunk from Three Down Nation, who's been covering this from the beginning. And we'll have the man himself, Chris Jones, will join us here on the show. We'll get him on the phone in just a little bit. Wow, it's going to be a wild ride. Buckle up and get ready for the next 60 minutes as we give you everything Jones on this special edition of the program. Everything you need to know. What does it mean? And where do the riders go from here? Who might be available to replace Chris Jones? And everything that comes with it. It's going to be interesting over the next several days, hours, weeks, and months ahead. But we'll break it all down for you here today. Now, it's three years ago that the riders were able to lure Chris Jones away from Edmonton. A little over one week after Jones led the Eskimos to the 103rd Grey Cup, his first Grey Cup championship as a head coach. And again, just over a little, a uh, little over a week later, was named the Mister Everything in Saskatchewan, the vice president of football operations, the general manager, the head coach, and the defensive coordinator. And now the 51-year-old is off to the NFL to pursue his dream of becoming an NFL head coach. He is going to be titled a senior defensive specialist in the NFL with the Browns. A senior defensive specialist. So that's interesting. It's in a position title. It's not a step up. I mean, he's, 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 he's the man. He's everything here in Saskatchewan in full control. But this is the NFL and this is different. Looking back on, you know, the three years that Chris Jones in Saskatchewan, Again, in 2015, he took the Edmonton Eskimos to the Grey Cup, won the 103rd Grey Cup at the end of November. And a week into December, he was named a head coach in Saskatchewan. That's it. He started with five wins his first season and 100 players coming in and out of the Riders lineup and are in the Riders roster. Improved that, doubled his win total in year two, 10 wins, and within a hair of getting the Riders to the Grey Cup. And then this past year, improving a little bit further, 12 wins and securing a home playoff game for the Riders. Now, they lost to Winnipeg and and did not advance to the West Final or to the Grey Cup, but a home playoff game, huge. Now, a week ago, or last week, Chris Jones 
signed a two-year extension with the Riders amid speculation that there was interest from multiple NFL teams in talking to Chris Jones and going down that path. So he signed a two-year extension with the Riders. It included an out clause, which still allowed him to pursue the NFL. And then on Tuesday, news broke in the afternoon. CFL News on Twitter, uh, the account, uh, breaking the story after 3 o'clock. And then it catches like wildfire, confirmed by all the insiders, Justin Dunk, Arash Madani, Dave Naylor, of course. And we're finding out that this happened very, very quickly. Like 48 hours from request to the interview to the hire came together quick. The Cleveland Browns wanted Chris Jones. They wanted him. And who wanted him? Their new head coach, Freddie Kitchens. Now, Kitchens and Jones go back. They go back a long time. Freddie Kitchens, the new head coach for the Browns, was the quarterback at Alabama when Jones was a graduate assistant. So there's past relationship with the Browns. And now Kitchens bringing Jones to the NFL. So that puts the Riders in a bit of a tough spot, a very difficult spot. Of course, the new coach's cap makes things interesting. You're only allowed 11 coaching personnel. And what's unique is Chris Jones is the head coach and the defensive coordinator. He takes up two spots with one person. So he doesn't count as two against the 11. He's only one, but he can do two jobs. You can't hire two people. You don't have room. You're not allowed under the new rules. You can only hire one or somebody else has to go. So that makes it interesting. Of course, candidates have been thrown around like crazy. Lots of names have come about. I had to replace the 51-year-old Jones as head coach. You look right at the Riders' roster, the Riders' coaching staff currently, and Craig Dickinson jumps out, the brother of Stampeders head coach Dave Dickinson. Promotion seems easy. He's your special teams coordinator. Promote him to head coach. Perceivably, he could handle both of those roles. He could be a head coach and a special teams coordinator. Then, you got to hire a defensive coordinator. That would be your only outside hire. Find somebody to run the defense. Okay. Second option, you find somebody who immediately replaces Chris Jones as a head coach and defensive coordinator. So now you're looking at defensive-minded head coaches. Mike Benavides jumps out. Anyone else? Other names that have popped out are more offensive-minded names. I think at the top of a lot of people's lists at this point, Paul LaPolice, the former Riders offensive coordinator, Winnipeg Blue Bombers head coach, He would be a guy who could handle a dual role as a head coach and an offensive coordinator. What does that mean for Stephen McAdoo? Who is Jones's guy? Who was retained for this year? Stephen McAdoo would be on the outside, and the Riders would be looking for a defensive coordinator. Mark Tressman, the longtime successful coach in the CFL, 
Mark Tressman has won Grey Cups. Mark Tressman was let go by the Toronto Argonauts, and Corey Chamberlain was hired to replace him. Mark Tressman is available. Mark Tressman has a history of being a quarterback. Let's call him a guru. He develops, and he has success at the quarterback position. Long history of it. One with Ricky Ray. One with Anthony Calvillo. Mark Tressman is a very sexy option. A guy who could do both roles. Head coach and offensive coordinator. You still need to find somebody to run the defense. So that's all on the table right now. And again, we're going to chat with Rob Vanstone from the Regina Leader Post. We're going to talk to Justin Dunk from 3downnation.com, and we're going to find out uh, more of the reaction a day later. Dust starting to settle a little bit. Now, Craig Reynolds came out with a, with a statement in a writer's release, and I want to read that to you, if we can get the comments from Craig Reynolds. We are proud of what Chris came in and accomplished through his three seasons as general manager and head coach. That was from Riders president and CEO Craig Reynolds. His work obviously didn't go unnoticed, and we congratulate him on his opportunity in the National Football League and thank him for his contribution to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So then it goes on to give the details, you know, of when he was hired back in uh, December of 2015. And Reynolds adds at the end of the statement, We are fortunate to have many quality football leaders and coaches on our staff. We will evaluate and will look to fill the vacancy quickly. So go back to the list of names, and you can feel free to throw out your own list of names. Love to have the conversation on Twitter, at Darren DuPont, or on all social media, Snapchat, Instagram, wherever you may be wanting to have that conversation, Facebook. And they want to move quickly. What does this do for the future plans of the riders? The path they were on under Chris Jones. Where does that path go now? All questions that are going to need to be answered. What does it mean for Mike Riley, who is a free agent in the CFL when it opens? Of course, when you look at his list, it's the popular opinion that he's going to go and join Ed Hervey in Vancouver or stay in Edmonton, but the Riders have reportedly been interested in pursuing Mike Riley to the fullest uh, ability that they can. That was before Chris Jones left. There's a relationship between Mike Riley and Chris Jones. That was a big reason why the speculation was out there that Riley might be interested in joining Chris Jones again to try and win another Grey Cup, like they did together in 2015. Without Mike Riley, or sorry, without Chris Jones, is Mike Riley still interested in joining the Riders? Was he ever interested? All questions that need to be answered. But we need to pause the discussion here for a second because we've been waiting for this. We've got Chris Jones on the line right now. Chris, thanks so much for doing this. This really means a lot. Uh, No problem, man. Awesome. Well, I mean, first off, congratulations on on, uh, the deal with with Cleveland. Um, how, How does it feel? How happy are you in this moment right now? Well, I mean, you know, it's a, uh, it's a good opportunity. You know, I mean, uh, 
a friend of mine is now head coach in the NFL and and uh, got you know so it kind of allowed me to have my opportunity and uh, you know so I, I took a run at it. Absolutely. When when did this all come about? How did it come together? When did you kind of start thinking that this might be for real? Well, uh, you know, the GM had been asking a lot of questions about me, um, you know, and about the things that we've done defensively over the course of the last few years. And I started checking statistics and stuff. And so then they reached out to Alonzo. He reached out to Alonzo uh, Highsmith, actually reached out to Mark Tressman. And uh, Mark, you know, recommended me to, you know, that we'd done some good things and that type of thing. And so uh, then it became apparent that when Freddie got hired, Coach Parcells, he called on my behalf. And uh, so then it became kind of evidence that maybe it was pointing in that direction that uh, this is what, what I should do. So this has started coming together even before Freddie was hired? Uh, yeah, yeah, because they... Uh, they had been reaching out. I, I didn't, I didn't find out until recently. They'd been, you know, reaching out and doing, doing some investigative work and stuff like that. You know, to, to try to see what we had, you know, what we'd done and comparing uh, statistics, and things of that nature. And uh, so at that point, like I say, when Freddie got hired, then uh, Coach Parcells called me and told me that he had, he'd taken the job and that. He put a word in for me, and, and uh, like I say, he uh, he said he thought I had a real good shot. And ended up, uh, you know, when I came up and interviewed yesterday, um, it was just a real good fit. When you signed the deal last week, the extension in, in Saskatchewan, obviously with the out clause, did you think that maybe the door was mostly closed at this time for the NFL, or did you still think that there was a, a better than good oper- uh, good chance you might have that chance? Well, you just never know, you know. Uh, it's one of those deals where in the NFL, I mean, you only you only get opportunities uh, every now and then. It's not like those, those come around uh, every day. And so, uh, with that being said, when, uh, when I came up and they wanted me to come in on the interview, I didn't I didn't think they'd just bring me in on a courtesy interview just to kind of hang out and, you know, exchange general niceties. I felt pretty strongly that uh, at that point that I had a chance to get hired. What are you going to remember about your time? Let's start first in Saskatchewan with the Riders. Oh, man, I, I love it. I mean, first of all, I love the players. I love the coaches. I love the staff. I mean, we've got to, you know, it's not like co-workers it's more like family and you know a bunch of, bunch of brothers out there trying to get a job done and certainly uh you know we've got some unfinished business there and we didn't reach we didn't quite reach our goal i felt like you know we kind of uh we had the arrow pointing in the right direction uh, but uh didn't didn't quite reach everything that we uh that we wanted to reach. So they've got some unfinished business, but we got a bunch of really good people to try to get it done. How about the CFL? How about your time in Canada? Yeah, I tell you what, man, it's, uh, you know, I'll always remember it. It's, it's a very, uh, with very fond memories, you know, I mean, from, from 02 until now, man, there's been so many, so many good points about the, 
the entire country and all the organizations have been with. And it's just uh, it's just been a, a real ride up there, and uh, I'll remember it uh, forever. This is something that I'm really big on. Um, sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone and take a risk. I mean, when you look at your time here, with the titles you held and the responsibility you had, you had a lot of power. You were a very, you know, well thought of person. You were the king, let's say it, in Saskatchewan. And now you go to the NFL and maybe take a, a role that's not as significant as you have now, but it's a path that might help you achieve your dreams. Is it tough to get out of your comfort zone and take a risk like this? And do you feel that you're a little bit uncomfortable and but it's something you have to do? Well, I was talking to some, you know, some of my friends last night, and uh, and actually I was talking to the GM this morning. You know, it is a different dynamic in the fact that, uh, you know, now you, you mentioned some ideas and you mentioned some thoughts and things of that nature, and uh, and then they have the choice as to whether to listen to them or not. And uh, for the last five years, it's pretty much been, you know, if I came up with an idea, we did it. <laughs> yeah. So. It is a you know it is a little bit different dynamic, but uh, it's not something that I haven't done before. Uh, trust me, I worked for Don Matthews for six years. So <laughs> there were a few ideas that were that were ignored. So it's uh, you know it's part of it, and uh, and again, it, you know, gives me a chance to coach at the at the highest level and and uh, coach against uh, you know guys down here in the NFL and just see, you know, exactly uh, where we stack up. Who's the first person you called when you found out? Uh, I let my family know. You know, I called my, I called my, uh, all my folks down home and let them know that, uh, you know, because they were, they were nervous for me. They didn't know if, uh, you know, I told them I thought, I, you know, they, if they bring me on the interview, they have to try to get the job. But, you know, once uh, once I got it, I called and uh, and let all everybody down home know. That's unbelievable. Well, congratulations. Uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So, uh, again, Coach, congrats. I know uh, uh, people are sad to see you leave, and some people are upset to see you leave. But I think uh, deep yeah. down, we're all pretty proud of you and happy for you. Well, appreciate it, man. We I know we worked hard. And, you got, uh, you know, you've got an awful good group of operations folks there, and, and uh, you know, a good strong board. And I think our, our coaching staff, I'd match with anybody, and uh, they're loyal to one another. And yeah. Got a, a great locker room with a bunch of really good players. And again, just got some unfinished business, and I feel I feel very strongly look forward to to watching exactly, uh, you know, how far uh, things will will go next year. You're going to be watching? Absolutely, man. Coach, Shoot, I love the CFL. <laughs> we'll be watching you as well. All the best uh, and uh, congratulations. Thank you much. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. That was head coach and general manager, well, former head coach, VP, general manager, defensive coordinator, whatever you want to call him. Uh, no longer Chris Jones. Uh, moving to the Cleveland Browns, but we welcome in Rob Vanstone from the Regina Leader Post. Uh, Rob, as you get a chance to, to hear the comments, and I know Murray had caught up with him as well. How do you digest uh, the news from the last 24 hours? It's still rather shocking when you when you look at uh, how it all unfolded, and you know, a week after announcing that, uh, or the week following the announcement that that he had signed an extension, he's gone. 
I guess you never rule out anything when you're talking about the Canadian Football League and when you're talking about Chris Jones, he's had a number of landing spots in the CFL. But it just, I thought this whole thing had been at least mothballed for a year as soon as he, he signed the extension. And now you look at the predicament facing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and there's so many variables that have never been there in the in the head coaching search before. The timing isn't ideal. The football operations salary cap is in place, and, and who knows if there's any loopholes to allow the riders to even approach the methodology they used last time when hiring a head coach. They can't just go and spend money to solve the problem this time. You're and right. There's, and there's no quarterback. That's and just... what, kind of, what kind of situation is a new, a new coach, whoever that individual may be, uh, walking into. There's so many variables. You're right. You, you look at, okay, we need a head coach, all the pending free agents, the guys who have you know been here with Chris Jones for the last three years. You talk about the coaches' uh, you know, cap and how they can only have 11 people on staff, and he took up you know two coaching spots with only one guy. Where do you start when you think about what's facing the riders? You, you really, it, it's, you look at a number of places and it's almost dizzying. And uh, it was a little easier to process even when the news first came about because the immediate thoughts are, okay, Chris Jones is gone. You're reacting to the Chris Jones departure. Now what I think is more complex is dealing with it mm-hmm. and, and then the fallout from it. And just the logistics of assembling a staff at this time of year, most teams have announced their coaching staffs. Where do you where do you find that magical person who's going to fix this? And how do you do it within these newly imposed parameters? And you mentioned free agency. That could be a huge complicating factor. You know, John Murphy had done a lot of the contractual work. Uh, he's no longer with the with the organization, and he did a he did a really nice job of signing players. He was pretty involved in in that whole process. Uh, Chris Jones. It seemed that wherever Chris Jones went. Willie Jefferson was likely to follow, and that's the Rough Riders' most outstanding player from last season. What happens now with Willie Jefferson? How does this impact the roster? They've already got a weak offense. The defense has been the strength of the team. Now they've lost Sam McGuavin to the National Football League, and who knows what happens with Willie Jefferson? Yeah, and that's what I thought. The consequences are just massive here. Well, does Willie end up in Cleveland? Is this, is this his shot without needing, you know, he doesn't want to go for any workouts, and he wants a contract. Is this his shot now that he's got a familiar face in the in the door? You really wonder, you know, you sometimes what a player needs is an advocate. And I don't think there can be a more stronger ad, a stronger advocate for Willie Jefferson than Chris Jones. Well, Vice like, versa, I don't think there was a stronger advocate for Chris Jones than Willie, than Willie Jefferson. They go hand and, in uh, hand. And so oh, it just, the, you look at the roster and there were already some questions there, but now what happened? I think it was, it was a pretty safe assumption that if Chris Jones was here and Willie Jefferson didn't go to the NFL, that he would be in Saskatchewan. Now, who knows? And that's massive. And who's going to coach Willie Jefferson? Who's going to be the coordinator? Who's going to be the the head coach? Oh, geez. It's just, it's dizzying to try and figure out where they might uh, go in so many areas of the team. Maybe you're, you're smarter and younger than me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you can figure it out. I'm a loss for it. Uh, that's where I want to go next. Uh, Rob Van Stone of the Regina Leader Post joining us here. Um, who might be the coach? That's the first question in everybody's mind. And it feels like you, we are in a position where it has to be somebody who's going to take on a dual role. And, I mean, Craig Dickinson's names come to mind as being somebody you can promote to maybe run the special teams, but be the head coach. He's been in conversations in BC and others uh, in, in this offseason. But you like Mark Trussman. I read your article uh, this morning. Um, is that where you start your search? I think you have to. You start 
when you look at coaches of, of that tier, of that echelon, look what the Rough Riders did after they saw that they needed to fix a problem following the 2015 season. They went after the best guy that was out there, even though he was still employed by the Edmonton Eskimos, and even though he proceeded to win a great cup with the Eskimos, they wanted Chris Jones. He was the best person to get at the time, and they got him. Now, yeah. you look at the field of available coaches, suspend for a moment the, the logistical problems they are going to face, and look at who the best people are out there. Well, Mark Trasman has won three Grey Cups. You, know, you look at Paul Lapolis. You look at you look externally, and there's some people there that I think under normal circumstances the Rough Riders would automatically approach. This cap may preclude them from doing that, but I would still hope that they would look around and see, is there a way you can get a Mark Tressman here? Those have been, that's, those have been that's, the popular this, names. This is, this is the marquee organization in the Canadian Football League. It's one of the, one of the flagship franchises in Canadian sport. Do you have to, for the lack of, of a better word, settle because of a system that has just been imposed and has not yet been tested as far as its loopholes and its complexities, uh, did, will adherence to that prevent them from going and getting the best person out there, which, which they did when they, when they hired Chris Jones? This is, this is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This is the jewel of the Canadian Football League. Yeah. Could, should they be bound by parameters in this case? Well, must they be? Is, is there a way around it? Are there extenu? Are there is there a sort of an extenuating circumstances clause that uh, that would allow them to to approach this in a manner that even resembles the coaching search of uh, 2015? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, you think about it. If Mark Tressman is hired, and you know what happens, to, or Paul Apolis, what happens to Stephen McAdoo as the offensive coordinator? Because those two are you know offensive guys. You would think would want to have their hand in calling plays. Or do you keep a plan in place and then promote a positional coach to run your defense? There's so many different ways. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, the one thing, there's two things that we're, that there are easy choices um, now that Chris Jones is gone. Uh, ordinarily, if, if your general manager leaves, you're thinking that's going to have a huge impact on player personnel. But Chris Jones left the Rough Riders a tremendous parting gift by hiring Paul Jones. Yeah. So they've got they've got the player personnel side, at least south of the border, they, they're really solid. You know, arguably as good as they've ever been in terms of a player personnel guy south of the border. So they, they don't have to worry about hiring a GM whose forte is personnel. The other thing is they've been grooming Jeremy O'Day for this position for a number of years. He was the interim GM. He's worked, worked hand-in-hand with, with Chris Jones and John Murphy at the administrative level for three years. So it's his time. And, and and there's a real succession plan in place there, at least. So you don't have to worry about fighting a GM. Jeremy O'Day is here. I think he's eminently capable. And it's not just that he happens to be there. I think he's earned this opportunity. So at least there's Jeremy O'Day there. At least there's Paul Jones there. That prevents – it would be a lot more chaotic if they if John Murphy had left and they hadn't hired a per, player personnel guy yeah. before Chris Jones left. Can you imagine that? Yeah. That or, if they be hadn't been, or if you didn't have a triumvirate of uh, – Chris Jones, John Murphy, and Jeremy O'Day. What if what if that you know that's a lot of people on that side of the operation. Fortunately, they had three and not two because Jeremy O'Day's still here. I don't even want to think about the possibility if that was the case. It's insane. Can you imagine, Darren? Yeah. Wow. You can't. Uh, it's insane. There's some, there's some positive aspects of this, anyways. But yeah, exactly. Um, when the Riders hired Chris Jones, it took him all of a week after he won the Grey Cup. I mean, what a little bit more than than a week. Uh, what was the great cup on the 29th and they hired him on the 29th of November. They hired him on the 7th of December. How quickly do you expect uh, to hear something and to see some resolution this time around? I would think by the end of January, 
Um, you know, they don't have, because they don't have to search for a GM, that helps. Uh, they, they're going to have to work through the complexities of that cap. Mm-hmm. That might that might prolong the process more than anything. If uh, under the previous system, if you find a head coach you like, if you find a defensive coordinator you like, just go hire him. There's no there's no restrictions on that. But now having to work within these boundaries and testing them for a first for the first time in a manner that I don't think anybody envisioned when they, when they were setting up this cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that could prolong the process a bit, but they've still got you know free agents to sign. You've got to have somebody working on the Willie Jefferson contract, yeah. and uh, and free agency is February 12th, and you got to be ready for. Okay, we got to go after Mike. Mur- uh, pardon me, Mike Riley here. So I would think by January 31st would be ideal. This was mentioned that the Riders were going to go all in on Mike Riley. Uh, there's the relationship with Chris Jones. They won a great cup together. Does this change Mike Riley's uh, possi- or the Riders' chances of, of landing Mike Riley? Uh, it might. I mean, who's? we really don't know. We haven't really heard a lot of specifics about how close they, they were. Uh, he also interacted with Stephen McAdoo when, uh, when Stephen McAdoo was the offensive coordinator in Edmonton. What we don't know is... is you know, specifically whether that's a plus or a minus. Yeah. What does Mike Riley's think of Stephen McAdoo? Ultimately, it's the offense that he would have to, if it's a Stephen McAdoo offense, that he would have to execute. Yeah. Did he enjoy that when he was at Edmonton? If so, that's a plus. If he didn't, it's a minus. That's probably a larger factor than whether Chris Jones is here. The other thing, and I think Justin Dunk mentioned this in his report last week, is that the Rough Riders are looking at some off-field ways to entice Mike Riley. That could be the huge issue and the one area where the riders really have a niche because where else in the Canadian football league could Mike, could Mike Riley go where he is the big name in the city, the province, the fan base. And what are the marketing opportunities there? What are the endorsement opportunities? To what extent could he augment his salary, which is going to be around $600,000 wherever he goes to what extent could he augment that at salary with off field revenues that could push it toward a million? I think, I think he could probably make a million dollars a year if he, Sign with the Rough Riders. If you look at all the options that are available to him, um, you know that could be that could nobody could compete with that. If no. Mike Riley stays at Edmonton, Connor McDavid's still the big name in town. If Mike Riley comes here, he's Connor McDavid in Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, the deals that could be their edge. Yeah, it absolutely could be. So Chris Jones comes in three years ago. They have five wins and a hundred players in and out of this uh, roster. Um, then to ten wins the next year and they're within a hair of getting to the Grey Cup and then 12 wins and a home playoff game and then he leaves. What does this do to the direction of the team? Where's the ship pointing right now? Yeah, I, I might be, you really wonder. Um, they have been progressing, but now they've reached this, this point where they've, the logical next step is to get to a Grey Cup, but they don't have a quarterback. Yep. You know? And now they don't have that, they're not going to have the Chris, def, Chris Jones defense to fall back on. That was his, his historic performance by the Rough Riders defense last year. They won two games where they didn't score an offensive touchdown thanks to that amazing defense. They, they scored as many touchdowns defensively as they did through the air. Unbelievable. And there would, there, would be, there would have been more touchdowns defensively than through the air if Matt Elam hadn't been stopped at the one-yard line on an interception return against Winnipeg on Labor Day weekend. Yeah. So that defense was arguably more potent than the Ryder passing game. That might be a once-in-a-generation or a once-in-a-lifetime defense. Now, no Sam McGuavin, maybe no Willie Jefferson, no Chris Jones. Can you expect the defense to replicate its performance? 
that might be a push. Now, I think there's a larger, like greater likelihood that their offense might replicate its performance because they don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, and where are you going to find one if you don't get Mike Riley? So they're at a real perilous point right now. And uh, I don't, I don't envy, I don't envy Jeremy O'Day. I don't envy uh, Craig Reynolds. It, uh, you have to have huge concerns because it's a 12 win team, a team that had a home playoff game, but the foundation of that team that, that earned the home playoff game was the defense. And now there's huge questions there. And, and the only thing that the playoffs showed the Rough Riders is that uh, they have a bigger quarterbacking crisis than they might have thought entering the postseason. Everybody's got a slightly different narrative on their on their Twitter timelines and Facebook feeds as we have Rob Vanstone of the Regina Leader Post joining us. Um, but what was your initial reaction when you heard, and what's the what's the feedback you've gotten from the Rider Nation? It's been mixed, and I think that's not that's not surprising, Darren, because I'm not sure if you'd agree, but Chris Jones has been a pretty polarizing figure here. Yep. Not unlike I think when Roy Shivers was here. Some people swore by him, others, other people <laughs> swore about him. And uh, you either really liked and subscribed to what Chris Jones was doing, or you really didn't like it at all. And, and so I think the tenor of the feedback subsequent to Chris Jones leaving has reflected the polariz- polarization that, that has been in existence pretty much since early January of, of, of 20, 2016 when... Weston Dressler and John Chick were released. There was a little bit of a honeymoon period when Chris Jones came here. Yep. But then as soon as John Sean Chick goes and Weston Dressler goes, and the next year when Darian Durant goes, then the polarization really takes effect. So there's some people who think the Rough Riders are sunk without him, and some people think that it's an opportunity now that Chris Jones is no longer here. Um, I, I, you know, it, It's an opportunity if they, can, if they can use this as a chance to hire a, a head coach who can be you know, transformative. But it seems more like a predicament than an opportunity right now when you look at the, the cap and the consequences of making, making a bold play uh, within, with, the, with the cap now existing. Yeah, it does. It's a predicament for sure. Um, how would you sum up the tenure of Chris Jones? I know you, I, I've seen some of your thoughts on social media and, and on Twitter, but how is he going to be remembered uh, to you? Um. I'll go back to, I'll invoke a phrase that Chris Jones used when I spoke with him about Darian Durant in November of 2016. Moderately successful. He was brought in, Craig, Craig Reynolds wanted sustained success. There's been success, but not at the tier that I think they would have hoped for when, when you bring in somebody like Chris Jones at considerable expense with considerable fanfare. By year three, you would think there would have been a great cup championship. The Ottawa Red Blacks won a great cup title in their third year of existence and got to the great cup in their second year. Chris Jones in three years with the Rough Riders didn't get to the great cup, flirted with it in year two. Ultimately it was a breakdown on the part of Chris Jones's defense that cost them a great cup berth in the East final against auto against Toronto in 2017, improved the team. No question. Improved the talent level, especially on defense. No question. But in three years, they did not get to a Grey Cup. Brendan Tam and Corey Chamberlain got there faster. Um, the Ottawa Red Blacks got there faster. So, is it a failure? By no means, by no stretch of the imagination, is it a fail? Is it a failure? Is it an absolute success? Is it have they achieved that that plateau that would allow them to, or, t- or reach that plateau that would allow them to claim that they have they have reached a point where they're at sustained success? I don't think so. Somewhere in between, more successes than failures. I think that adds up to moderately successful. Yeah. 
I appreciate that a lot. Um, and I appreciate you taking the time. The last one I got for you before I let you go, um, are you going to and should we cheer for Chris Jones with the Cleveland Browns? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, Chris Jones poured a lot of himself into this job and said he was handsomely rewarded for doing so. Uh, nice, nice contract that he worked under for three years. He probably earned, earned somewhere in the neighborhood of $2 million over three years in Saskatchewan. Yeah. So, uh, and he's, from all reports, he's, he's, he's going to make less money in the National Football League. I think you want to see him do well. I think that makes the Canadian Football League, it makes the Saskatchewan Rough Riders look good if somebody can go down to the States and be impactful. I think it made it made the CFL look good when Bud Grant went down there and, and was a success. It made the CFL look good when Doug Flutie proved a lot of people wrong. Uh, I think it made the CFL look very good when Warren Moon became a legend down there as he was up here. Uh, I, I wish Chris Jones all the best. He, there were a lot of 18-hour days and a lot of days where I don't think he left his office and probably uh, slept. He probably slept on the couch and he he poured so much of himself into trying to make this franchise a, a winner. And by by the end, that fran- that team was winning a lot more than it, uh, a lot more frequently than it lost. So I think everybody should wish him all the best. Well, he's taken a risk. He's taken away all the power, and he mentioned that, that his decisions aren't going to be final anymore and maybe taking a little bit less money, but you got to at least appreciate somebody who's willing to get out of his comfort zone to, to chase a dream. Absolutely. You know, I, I think we all have them. I mean, I look at your career, Darren, and all the things you're doing, and I think everything you do is indicative of someone who chases a dream, knows what they want to do, knows where they want to get, and is, has the passion to pour himself into it. And once upon a time before you were born, I was chasing a dream. And how, how is that any different than what Chris Jones is doing? You it's, know, it's not. He's just got cool. better. He's got better. He's got uh, got more money than we do. That's yeah, about it. That, that's definitely for sure. Uh, Rob, appreciate having you in my corner, and uh, uh, this means a lot. Thanks for doing this. Oh, always a pleasure, Darren. Thanks for having me. All right, Rob Vanstone from the Regina Leader Post. Yeah, he's. He's one of the good ones, absolutely. Uh, and some interesting thoughts, um, for sure. Big on Mark Trestman, no doubt. Um, and Mark Trestman would be a great fit for Ryder Nation. Uh, the three great cups, the ability to work with quarterbacks and have success at the quarterback position, that's something that's very important. It's going to be top of mind here in this offseason is making sure that you're uh, secure and have somebody in place at the number one spot. That's quarterback. So... Mark Tressman would be interesting, uh, and, and at the top of a lot of people's lists. Paul Lapolis, another name that's brought up, an offensive-minded coach. And that's what I'm feeling, and that's the feedback I'm getting, is that people are ready to have an offensive-minded coach. For whatever reason, um, I mean, Chris Jones, a defensive-minded coach, very successful. The defense is Rob Benchin, maybe the best in a generation, or maybe of all time, and that we'll certainly ever see. But people... They want change. For whatever reason, people enjoy change. And they don't like always having the same thing. And so for that reason, I think that people will be more inclined to lean towards and be favorable towards bringing in an offensive coach who can freshen things up, an offense that maybe didn't live up to expectations and and didn't live up to the fans' expectations over the last uh, uh, couple of seasons. So that's interesting to me. And then it becomes who's available and qualified to run the defense and to try and live up to the expectations that Chris Jones has set that this is going to be a team led by its defense. Maybe it's not. All questions we have to answer here over uh, the coming days, the coming weeks as we roll through the offseason. 
And one of the guys who's been all over this story and been following it from the beginning is Justin Dunk from Three Down Nation. Now, Justin's not available now to join us on the show, um, but he will have his regular podcast with Drew Edwards over at Three Down Nation, and they'll get full reaction from their side on this move. Uh, Chris Jones leaving the Riders um, to go to the CFL and chase his dream. I just want to leave you on that um, before I let you go. And I, and I spoke about this on the radio, that this is a tough, tough thing to do sometimes. Seems easy. It's the NFL. It's a big league. And it is. But if it's true that he's making more money and he's going to have less control and less power, those aren't easy decisions to make. It doesn't matter how big the organization is or how big the party is. It's tough for somebody who's the man and the guy to go somewhere where he's just a guy. And in Cleveland, Chris Jones is just going to be a guy. In Saskatchewan, Chris Jones was the guy. And that's a big change. Think about your own life and your own job. You're the boss. You want to go somewhere else? Get out of your comfort zone. Get into the big industry or the big organization in your industry. But not be the guy? It's tough. But Chris Jones is taking that chance. Now, I think Chris Jones is confident that if it doesn't work out, he'll have a place in the CFL, and he should be at the top of most open coaching vacancies, at the top of the list, if he chooses to come back. But for somebody to give up the control, the power, the money, the great position he was in, in Saskatchewan and in Regina, excuse me, to chase a dream, I think at the end of the day you have to admire that. I certainly do. You might think he's leaving you high and dry, and you should. I mean, in a way, Ryder fans, I mean, I understand when you're upset because, hey, Big things are coming. This team is on a steady incline. We're moving up, moving towards a Grey Cup. And now there's an error of uncertainty because it's a new guy or guys. It's a new plan, potentially, and potentially a new direction. Now, I'm not saying that direction is back down the mountain, but it might not be on the same plane that Jones was headed on. We don't know. Again, I point to uncertainty. So that being said, I just wanted to leave you on that and on this, that at the end of the day, sometimes a guy's got to get out of a comfort zone and a really great thing, take a sideward step or a backward step to shift over into a new lane with unlimited potential to reach new heights. I really believe it. And I admire Chris Jones for taking that chance, to taking a chance to becoming a defensive assistant. A senior defensive assistant is the title. And for him to do that, and for him to take that risk, I, I admire it. I think, it's, I think it takes some guts. He's not going to be a coordinator and he's not going to be a head coach. So I do. I think that takes a little bit of something. And so I admire Chris Jones, but 
I'm also a little bit worried for Rider Nation. I'm with you. Big times are ahead here in Saskatchewan. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. We're available on social media at Darren DuPont on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Hit me up. Please like and share the podcast. The podcast does live. It's not always sports. But the podcast does live on iTunes, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts. It's on Stitcher Radio as well. It's called Darren DuPont, the audio version. Just search Darren DuPont. You'll find it. Please like, subscribe, share this podcast. Would love to reach out to you. Would love your feedback. And we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast. Go Riders. Riders.